to my friend who is about to graduate college or has in the last few years. This is a beautiful stage that doesn't really get a lot of attention. We talk a lot about, you know, leaving high school and going to college, but what about when you become an official grown up for the very first time? There is a lot of different changes, and I want to help you navigate this beautiful yet sometimes confusing time. Hi, my name is Ava, and this is your Truth for Your 20s podcast with Mama. Peace. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Upward. Upward is a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. If that describes you, make sure you head over to the App Store and download the Upward app today. Hello, hello. Welcome to an episode of Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie, and I am really, really excited about this subject because I feel like when you graduate high school and go to college, there's so many natural ways to find community. You know, there are sororities and clubs and organizations and just classes where you're going to meet other people similar to your age, similar to life experience, and just a natural way to meet friends. But then when you graduate college and go into the real world, you are surrounded by coworkers and colleagues who may or may not be a similar age or stage of life as you. And, you know, obviously we can find community for sure, but you have to be more intentional about it. And that's just one aspect of all the things to unpack when it comes to navigating the real world when you graduate college. So first I want to say I did an episode not too long ago about this episode 50 called Congratulations, You Graduated, Now What? So go check that out because we're going to talk about a little bit different things today on this episode, but that one has a lot of good nuggets about finding community. But today we're going to talk about a few different topics as it relates to entering the real world. So I recently put a little question sticker on my Instagram. What are you most afraid of? What, what, you know, concerns you or intimidates you most about adulting? And you guys gave me some great answers. So let's get into it. First, I want to say that it is okay to be afraid because if you've never thought about it this way, up until this point in your life, school has pretty much provided you a natural place to find friends and community. And now, you know, you're really on your own for the first time, like we just talked about. So this is a whole new world for most of you. If you, you know, grew up going to school and then going to college as most of us do. And so this is new and this is normal. And again, I don't know why people don't really talk about that very much. So give yourself permission to feel those feelings. I feel like just normalizing that is the biggest step and then tell yourself what is true. So this is one of the biggest things I like to unpack when I do mentoring. And and this is so true in every area of life, but our brain can sometimes go to crazy land. Am I right? I, I hope I'm not the only one, but okay. So for example, when you just graduate college, your brain can be going, Oh my gosh, all my friends are getting married and all my friends have great jobs. And I am the only one who is going to end up the crazy cat lady who lives in a van down by the river. 
If you don't get that reference, it's from an old Saturday Night Live skit. But you get my point that we can just get in our own heads thinking that, quote, everyone has it all figured out except for you. Well, let me say, as I've said before, you feel that way, first of all, because of social media and the logarithms are going to give you those most liked, most commented posts, which are going to be engagement pictures and marriage pictures and new jobs and promotions and blah, blah, blah. This is great. This is wonderful. And I get it because you're celebrating your friends and we are going to like and comment on those things that are to be celebrated. But you're going to see all that coming up on your feed and you're going to think, oh my gosh, I'm the only one who doesn't have A, B, and C. Tell yourself what is true. So when your brain starts to think that, what is true, this is what you're telling yourself, is that some of your friends seem to have it, quote, all together. But what is true is you have a degree. You have friends and family. You have breath in your lungs. Take a deep breath. It is going to be okay. And maybe more specifically, you could say you graduated with honors. You have a degree in so-and-so that is really hard to get. Whatever it is specifically, even if you like don't have all of these wonderful things, there is something true about you that is amazing. We all do have something amazing about ourselves. Tell yourself what is true instead of letting your brain go to crazy town. Side note, I love this advice when it comes to any type of rejection. So say you didn't get that internship that you wanted or that wonderful job, or you went through a breakup. When you face any type of rejection, again, crazy town in our brain, like, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy. They don't like me. I'm not enough, blah, blah, blah. What is true? For example, through a breakup, is it true that that person who broke up with you is a definer of your worth? No. Is it true that that person is going to decide that you can never, ever date someone ever again because they didn't choose you as a life partner? No. Like that's insane. If you didn't get chosen for that job, does that mean you're not hireable? Does that mean that you're never going to find a good job because one person didn't choose you to be part of their company? Like, no. <laughs> But when you think about it that way, you're like, of course, Katie, that's ridiculous. But don't, you know, you know, like I do, our brain can be like crazy town. And little side note as well, when you bring stuff out into the light, just like I just said, when you voice those fears, they lose their power. Um, it's just called bringing it out into the light because... <laughs> When you talk about the fears in your brain, the irrational fears, when you talk about it, you're like, oh yeah, that's stupid. Like, of course he isn't the definer of my worth. Of course, because I didn't get this one job, it doesn't mean I'm never going to get an amazing job. So just little nuggets of wisdom with my mentor brain, telling yourself what is true is a game changer. Rejection is just redirection. Okay. Along that same topic is I want to say, enjoy the hallway. Here is what I mean. People often talk about new doors opening, you know, uh, this door closed for this opportunity, this door closed to move to this city. And you're kind of waiting for that next door to be opened, or maybe you don't say it that way, but you're, you're in this hallway, you're in this waiting period. This isn't often talked about, but hallways are necessary to get to the next door. So in between college and career, in between childhood and adulthood, in between singlehood and marriage, there are hallways. We often want to rush to the next door and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't, I don't care about the process. I just want to get to the next door, but there is beauty there is growth and there is a lot to learn in the hallways of life. So especially as you're graduating college, many of you will find yourself in some sort of hallway, whether that's personally or professionally. What can you learn in this hallway? Like it's simple, but profound just to be like, hmm, 
what am I supposed to learn here? Maybe this job that I thought I was going to get didn't work out, but maybe that is for me to develop my skills as a graphic designer. Maybe that is to develop my skills in networking, whatever it is, there is something to be learned in this hallway. So don't always rush to the next door. Enjoy and think about what possibly you're supposed to learn in this stage. Okay. And a lot of you asked about money management, money, money, money. All right. So my husband is actually the expert on this, not me, but I interviewed him in two episodes. The most recent is episode 62. So make sure you check it out. It was called money in all stages of your twenties. But my biggest advice as you're starting life in the real world is we, we follow Dave Ramsey and essentially some of those steps is going to be get a thousand dollars in the bank because you're all going to have a need for having some money in the bank, emergencies, whatever it may be. So have work to where you can get a thousand dollars in the bank and then work on tackling your debts, smallest to largest. People often say, Oh, well, what about interest rates and blah, blah. There is lots of reasons and lots of research to give yourself wins and give yourself momentum by getting and attacking those debts, smallest to largest. So whether that's credit card, car payments, whatever it may be, just attacking those debts, smallest to largest, and you'll have that debt snowball. And the more you can pay off, the more you can put toward those larger and larger debts and then have no debt at all. And when you can be debt-free, talk about living in freedom. Now you're like, okay, Katie, I just graduated. I have a minimum paying job. Like I can't even, I'm going to be paying off school loans until I'm 50. Okay. Well, we actually have friends who are still paying off student loans and I think that you can live differently. And that means you are going to have to live differently. Let me explain. A lot of your friends are buying new houses, buying new cars, you know, wanting to kind of keep up with the Joneses because they got a job and they graduated and want to live the life. Now, there's so many factors here. Depends on what kind of job you have. It depends on what kind of city you live in. And do you already have debt or whatever? But if you want to arrive in your 40s and have no debt and have your school loans paid off, then that means you're going to have to live differently than most of your peers. Now, again, remember, just like those social media posts are telling you that, quote, everyone has it all together. If you see new friends buying new cars and buying new houses, again, a logarithms are going to give you those most liked and most commented posts. It does not mean that everyone is buying an Escalade and living in the Hamptons. Now, what do I mean when I say don't live like everyone else? So we really lived this out and, and it was hard. So when we first got engaged, my husband and I, we, we got onto the Dave Ramsey thing. And there's a lot of, you know, people who suggest healthy money tips that just happened to be one of the biggest ones at the time. And it still is. And that has a lot of great information. His daughter, Rachel Cruz has a lot of information more for younger adults. But anyways, we went to one of his simulcasts and really kind of drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. But one of the best decisions that we made is to decide to get financially free. Even before we got married, we started working on it. We were engaged at the time, so it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> deciding that the first date or anything, but we got engaged. We started working on getting debt free. And, and again, you know, we had friends buying houses and we had friends buying cars and doing all these things that looked appealing and things. I was like, Oh, well, why can't we have this, this and the other? And even got some ridicule from our family, like, well, you have this good job in advertising. Like, why aren't you buying blah, blah, blah? Well, here is how we decided to live differently. So my husband had a teeny tiny little duplex 
and I had a, a job in advertising when we first got married and we got married and we decided to live on his income and he was a youth pastor at the time. So we lived solely on his income. We put every penny that I made toward first getting out of debt. So we paid off $20,000 worth of debt. This was about a two year process. And then we ended up saving a pretty good chunk of money toward putting a down payment on buying a, a house. And I didn't understand any of this when I was your age, but when you put a big down payment, okay, let's just say for numbers sake, you're buying a $100,000 house. I know it's not a huge house, but it makes the numbers easy. So you're buying a $100,000 house and you save up $20,000, which is a huge chunk of change, but stay with me. Say you save up $20,000 to put down on this house. So that is 20% of the house cost, right? If you can put down 20% of the price of a house, that means you avoid PMI interest. PMI interest is essentially just another added interest that is just more they're going to charge you every single month when you get a loan because you don't have a big chunk of payment down. And so it's just kind of a risk for the bank to give you this big loan if you don't have a big a large sum of money down. So you're like, okay, well, we're going to give you this loan. You have good credit, whatever, but you don't have barely any money down. So that means we need to put this other PMI interest to make sure that you are going to pay us back our loan. And that's just additional money that you're throwing out the door every single month. Now, majority of young people, when they buy a house, have to pay PMI interest, which over the life of a loan usually totals up about a couple of thousand dollars every year. So the point to all of this is it is normal to pay a couple thousand dollars extra every year if you do not have a down payment. But if normal was working, then why is everyone in debt depressed? Like, I, I don't want to be normal. You know what I mean? And we were abnormal when we were younger and did this whole saving up to buy a house thing. And let me tell you, it wasn't without frustration. And I was like second guessing our choices often because I'm like, I want to break a house in the suburbs like our friends. And to this day, because we, and this is two years of living intensely, you know, well below our means, putting this big chunks of payment toward debt and then toward a future um, down payment on a house. Those two years of decisions, I 100% believe set us up for a successful future for even here we are, we've been married 16 years now. And the, those two years set us up for we're debt free and we have been debt free for 14 years. And we, most of our friends are still in debt. Most of our friends are still paying off school loans, um, tons, a lot of them backwards in car payments or mortgage. And I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I don't want to be like everyone else. I heard one time someone say like, if their kids are teenagers and they're going to come up, well, everyone is doing blah, blah, blah. Cool. Did you know that Americans specifically legit? This is <laughs> most Americans are in debt, addicted and depressed. Cool. I don't want to be like everyone else. Right? So the point to all of this is when it comes to money, you might have to live countercultural if you want to eventually become debt-free, if you want to eventually be able to, gosh, even be debt-free outside of your mortgage. We still have a mortgage, but that is our goal to be able to be debt-free, including our mortgage. And then every month that you don't have a house payment, a car payment, student loan payments, that is more money that you can give toward things that you love and you can give toward travel and living your best life. And more excitingly, you can give even above and beyond to organizations that you love and charities and your churches and just like secretly donate and change people's lives like dreams come true. 
Y'all know Jesus-loving young couples are the chai tea to my latte, which is why I'm so excited to partner with Upward Dating App. It's a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. I'm so passionate about helping you define what matters, and most girls I mentor say the number one non-negotiable as it relates to dating is having a shared faith, which is very, very good and so important. So my friends, here is my wish for you. Number one, understand the incredible love Christ has for you. Fall head over heels with the only man who can truly complete you. His name is Jesus. Number two, love that beautiful girl staring back at you in the mirror and the incredible masterpiece that God made you to be. And number three, go download the Upward Dating app and walk with clear intentions into a healthy, Jesus-loving relationship. By the way, please DM me the wedding pictures. Anyway, let's get back to some of the questions you asked on that little Insta sticker. All right. So one of the questions or fears or whatever is what if I get a job that I hate and, or maybe not a job in my field, or, you know, I thought I wanted to be a journalism major and I got a job and it's terrible. Well, I hope that this is encouraging. I got a job in advertising, like I said, when I first graduated and it was, you know, I was a marketing major, so all of it made sense, but there were some things about it that I did not love and I had difficult boss and, you know, just, just some less than ideal circumstances for, for sure. When I first started, I made like peanuts for cash and, and actually was lied to about how much I would make. So it's, no, it's another story, but what I learned that I never saw coming is I had to do voiceovers for making commercials. I had to sit in the editing room as our editor put together 30, you know, all this footage to make a 30 second spot and all of that, just sitting there looking at that later prepared me to record this podcast, to make videos like I do on TikTok and Instagram. And I feel like having those, you know, back in information before this was even a thing, it taught me so, so much for what I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing now, having a podcast and speaking and stuff like that. But that job in advertising prepared me for what I'm doing now. So what I hope that you hear, even if you are flipping burgers, I remember hearing, I think I've shared this before, James Franco, who has been in about a bazillion movies, he's in Spider-Man movies and the Oz movie. He, he worked at McDonald's and he practiced as a cashier, having different accents and different personalities with every person he checked out. And that helped him develop his acting career. And clearly it worked out. I just, I am beat him. And he was in, I don't even count like over 20 movies. So back to that hallway conversation, while you might not be in your dream job, what are you learning in the hallway? And perhaps it is preparing you for what is later down the road. You know, I don't know many people who have discovered their life calling right when they graduate college and that's okay. And, you know, I, again, I feel sorry that we have somehow said in our society. And I know that when you go to family gatherings, your aunt, aunt Melba is asking like, Oh, so what's your 20 year plan? And you're like, I'm literally 23 years old. I, I barely <laughs> know what I'm doing tomorrow. And that is okay. Most young people do not have every step of the journey figured out. You do not have to know 10 years down the road. You do not have to know what you're going to be when you're 35 and every step of the journey. You just have to know the next step. So the next logical thing. So I know that when you were 12, you thought you would have all the answers at this point, right? <laughs> oh, well, when I get a degree, I'll know everything there is to know about life. And now you're here. You're like, oh, crap, this is harder than I thought. That is okay. No one's telling you it's okay. And everyone's asking you, what are you doing? And what do you have figured out? And how much money are you making? Like, 
okay, if we look at it this way, if, you know, two-year-olds are just baby humans, right? 20-somethings who had just graduated college, you're just an infant adult. (laughs) No one talks about that, but you are entering in adulthood as a toddler. And I don't mean to demean or diminish you by any means, but this is all brand new and that is okay. Have grace for yourself. Have grace as you figure this thing out. And you might stumble a little bit just as a baby learning to walk. You might stumble a little bit. You are figuring this out brand new. I would encourage you to reach out to mentors. Hey, I am available. (laughs) I offer online mentoring and I absolutely love getting to know your story and your struggles and how I can help you get to that next level in life. And anyway, doing online mentoring is one of the favorite things I get to do. But really anyone, it could be someone you know in real life, someone you go to church with, someone you look up to, you know, professionally as a, a family friend, someone who has been there before you. Most of my mentors have no idea who I am because I listen to their podcast and their YouTube channels and stuff like that. And I'm learning how to grow as a female entrepreneur from people who have been there before me. And so maybe there's someone like that that you could look up to in real life or virtually who is in, you know, a little bit further ahead of you in life that can give you wisdom. And, you know, I think that that is something that isn't super talked about as much in our modern day. We're very independent as American culture specifically, but in many of the centuries past, it was, you know, father teaching son and mother teaching daughter. And, and it was a community, you know, like the aunts and the family friends all kind of like taking you under your wing until you figure this thing out. And to be fair, it was, it was younger at that point, but there's obviously a lot of, a lot of differences and stuff. My point is as a baby adult, as you're figuring this thing out, It's okay to look to others. It's okay to fumble. It's okay to learn what you're doing as you dive in. You know, I've read a lot of books on actually failure is the best teacher. And so as you dive in headfirst, not knowing what you're doing, you're obviously going to learn a lot along the way, but avoiding mistakes is always helpful. And that made possible by people who have been there before you. Another popular question that people asked is how to make friends in this new chapter of life. And again, that is real because this is the only chance when it's really up to you. This is the first chance I should say in your life that this is up to you, how to find community. And that means if you're an introvert, (laughs) you're going to have to come out of your shell a little bit and look at the networking things on the calendar. Look at people that you might naturally want to associate with, you know, who are people that you want rubbing shoulders with you? Who are people that will call the best in you, you know, and you have to find that out and go to those events, show up by yourself, maybe for the first time, which can be intimidating, but like, what's the worst that can happen? Is anyone going to kick you out? I remember going to a church one time for the first time in my single life. And I was like, awkward, where do I go? What do I do? And were people mean to me? No, it was just like, Oh, cool. Let me show you where to go. Here's a young adult class, like whatever. I mean, that first time might feel hard. I I don't know why, honestly, but that's probably just because you're used to doing so much things in community when you're younger, but going to that thing, you know, putting yourself out there saying, I reach out to people on Instagram, like it's my job. And so maybe it's like, Oh, looking locally in, let's say you live in Chattanooga. That's where I live. Looking locally in Chattanooga for local bloggers or local, uh, I'm trying to think something that you might be interested in. Say you're really into, uh, I don't know why you always use this example, salsa classes, salsa dancing, and you want to learn salsa 
classes. I've never done salsa classes a day in my life. I don't know why I find this to be a good example, but something you've always been interested in and you find there is a local dance company and you want to learn that and you think it'd be a great place to meet friends. Maybe um, hip hop would be better. <laughs> I'm random. Anyways, the point is reach out, see when the openings are, show up. The worst that can happen is you show up by yourself and people are like, Hey, glad to have you. Let's, let me show you where to go and what to do. And then you meet friends. Like it's not a bad deal. No one's mean if you show up by yourself. So want to help you just get out there and make friends. And speaking of what is the worst that can happen, this is honestly a life changing question. I remember when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, I was scared to put stuff on social media. Like I didn't want to talk about sex. I didn't want to talk about, you know, my past mistakes with stupid boys. Um, like what is my mama going to think, you know? And I remember someone asking me, well, what's the worst that can happen? Katie, write it down. And I wrote it down and I realized the worst that can happen is like, there might be a few random family members who were like, huh, I always thought that she was the good girl who never did anything wrong. Turns out she made questionable decisions, her college days. Like, yeah. <laughs> and who cares? And these are like distant family members that barely even, you know, like what? That, that was my biggest fear. That was my biggest fear. And writing it down can be a game changer. So, so let's say for example, you didn't get that job that you thought you wanted are you going to die? <laughs> no. So you didn't get the degree that you kind of wish you would now that it's all said and done. Well, does that mean you were non-hireable in another job? No. So you're not engaged by the time you're 22. Does that mean you're never going to get married? No. Like these are all irrational fears. So telling yourself what is true and then writing down what's the worst that can happen. And most of the time, the worst that can happen, writing it down, you're like, oh, really? Like, that's not so bad. Like you're going to survive. <laughs> you were going to survive these things. And, and again, it's just our brains. Our brains can be crazy town sometimes, but when you bring those fears into the light, you realize they're irrational and they lose their, their teeth, so to speak. Like they just don't become as scary when you bring them out to the light. And then just telling yourself what is true, replacing those lies with truth. Like then you're invincible. And lastly, I just want to help you when it comes to decision-making, because in this stage of life, you are usually forced to make a lot of really big decisions. You know, where am I going to live? What if I choose this city and I end up there the rest of my life? Like that's a big deal. What if I choose this job and it ends up a career for the rest of my life? What if I choose this guy and he ends up my husband for the rest of my life? Like these are really, this is why I love this age group. Your twenties are very, very pivotal and they can set you up for success or regret based on how you make these decisions these years. Now, listen, with grace, don't give yourself too much weight in all of this, but I just want to help you give guidance to make your best decisions possible these years. So here's my best piece of advice when it comes to, for example, deciding what city you're going to live in. You will not find in anywhere in the Bible, first James, Corinthians, whatever, <laughs> Dear Sarah, you should move to this city when you are 24 years old. No, you're not going to find those specific answers when it comes to job opportunities. Like dear Amanda, you need to take this job in advertising. Like, no, you're not going to find that clear of an answer, but here is hopefully an even better answer for you. While you're not going to find that kind of answer, you will find what is going to bring you closer to Jesus marinate on that for just a second, because as it relates to any big decision in life, ultimately, ultimately, this is going to change your life. 
Our life is not just about us. That is a big truth. Let me unpack that. Katie, when me, this is talking about me right now. When I'm gone, uh, (laughs) hopefully this podcast might live on for a minute. I don't know. Hopefully a few people might remember some of the stuff I said when I spoke to schools. Maybe my books might be read for a little bit longer, but hundreds, if not thousands of years from now, I mean, what, you know, I'm, I am appreciative of anyone who might remember me, but it is very, very unlikely. Okay. So not to just squash anyone's self-confidence. My point is, and I've said this before, 2000 years ago, what names do we even know? Do we even still talking about today in 2021? We are talking about Jesus and those related to his story. We're talking about Mary, Joseph, Mary Magdalene, um, any Paul, James, Peter, All of them, we even know their names because of their association with the greatest main character that was or ever will be. If we want our life to live on past us, if we want to make an impact in this world, if we want to make a difference and do great things, we need to be the best supporting role possible. And that means when we're faced with all of these big decisions, what will bring you closer to Jesus is the question. I mean, like truth bombs, take a minute. I feel like, I feel like people are like, OMG, I need to marinate for just a second. I'm not perfect at this. No one is because we have our human nature who are like me, 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 me. We are all selfish. And part of this journey of being a Christian is putting our own fleshly selfish decisions to the side and being like, Katie wants X, Y, and Z. You know, I want a fancy home in the suburbs and whatever, like, but it's not just about me. And like, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us. So when it comes to these big life decisions, we're going to get in the way. We're going to be like, yeah, but me, 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 my comfort, my immediate satisfaction. What about me? And yes, you need to consider yourself. And yes, you know, you are your biggest advocate. And so all of that's important. And there's so many details here, but ultimately, if you have to boil it all down, What decisions will bring you closer to Jesus? Jesus does not want you to be a doormat. I'm not saying you should ever stay in unhealthy relationships. I'm not saying you should stay in a job where you're completely unappreciated, but sometimes through hard things we can learn, right? And you are a precious loved daughter. And just like with my daughters, I don't want anything bad for them. I don't want them. Oh, I want you to suffer. So you'll learn. No, like (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, You have a good father who wants good things for you. And just like with my own daughters, I don't want anything from them. I don't want them to be like, oh, mommy, look, I did a good on my report card. Oh, look, I, I did this, this, and this. I did a checklist. I mean, good. I want you to learn stuff and do your chores and be a responsible human. But ultimately, I don't care if you bring home all the best A's and you clean your room from top to bottom every day. Those are just behaviors. Ultimately, I want the world for you. So again, I don't want anything from them. I want the world for them. And just like your good heavenly father, he's not saying, oh, well, did you do your quiet time? Did you learn, you know, suffering and blah, 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 blah. No, (laughs) he's saying, I want the world for you. You are precious and loved. And I am refining you through this hallway that you you're ready to go to the next door, but we need to spend some time in this hallway for you to learn how to show up best in this next job. 
I know you want to find your happily ever after, but in this hallway of singleness, we need to grow you and grow him for that next season of life. He doesn't want anything from you. He wants the world for you. And to my own 20 something who had just graduated college self, if I could have coffee with you, my sweet sister, I would say, just take a deep breath. You are always rushing to the next thing. You think that you aren't going to arrive until you have the great job or the great husband, or you have arrived somehow and you're not enough where you are, but you are, you are enough right where you are. Whew. All right. I think I covered all the topics that I wrote down that you guys reached out on Instagram and some notes that I had on my own. But I am obviously very passionate about this message. I hope to continue to show up in your earbuds week after week. And I am so thankful for each of you who have shared this podcast, who are sharing what I'm doing on social media. And our little corner of the internet has grown a lot lately. And that is because of you. Thank you so much for showing up today. And I hope you gain some truths for your 20s. Special thanks to Upward for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you go check them out in the App Store.